Topics that concern your life, your community, and your safety. This is 5-0-Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Here's what you need to know. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the 5-0 Show. I'm Jamie Rothschild, the host of the show, and today I am joined by a friend, a co-worker, my boss, Amy Breitzman, who is a lieutenant in the Chief's Office of Phoenix PD. Lieutenant, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. And actually, uh, thanks for coming back, I should say, because the last time you were here, we heard several people said, hey, have her on more often, and maybe I shouldn't be on as often. So we got really good feedback. You made it look very easy. Have you ever thought about being a PIO, or have you ever done this? I know you worked in communications. That communications part, though, came off very easy. Is this something you ever thought about doing in your career? It is not. Okay. (laughs) It's not too late. We can still have lieutenants as PIOs. And speaking of PIOs, Kenny Overton from the Phoenix Fire Department is one of their public information officers. Kenny, thank you for being here today. Hey, Jenny. Thank you for having me. And it's hard to, I know your title is Captain Overton, but we got to work together when I was a PIO for the Phoenix Police Department. And I did not realize how much the police and fire department overlap on information sharing. And I learned a lot of uh, lessons. Some I learned uh, by getting yelled at, but you you never yelled at me. You were always incredibly easy to work with, so I meant to thank you for that. <laughs> no, thank you. It was always a pleasure to work with you. Uh, our communication's been great, and we're always overjoyed to work with our brothers and sisters of the Phoenix Fire Department or Phoenix Police Department. Next week, Lieutenant Brightman's Lieutenant Brightman's, Brightman's family is going to be on the show, and and the reason that we're going to have them on the show is we want to talk about. Kind of the the challenges or experiences military families have when uh, one of their parents is, are deployed. I think it's important to tell the stories behind the badge, behind the fire department uniform. I think people really, yes, they want to know what we do, but they care who we are. You actually have kind of an interesting story, Kenny, in that you didn't start out, you weren't like a five-year-old wanting to be a firefighter. You went a whole different route. Can you talk a little bit about the route that brought you here? Sure. Um, Well, I think like any five-year-old, I wanted to be a professional baseball player or like a knight, you know, and ride a dragon, that kind of thing. But when that didn't work out, uh, I went to college. I got a degree in communications with a minor in journalism from ASU, and I had the intention of being a journalist out of college. Um, it just so happened that the same time I had this intention of being a journalist, the Phoenix Fire Department was hiring. So I put in my application. I went through the steps. And I didn't really have a high expectation of getting hired my first time. And about six months after that, I got a call that said, hey, do you want to come be a firefighter recruit? And that set my career path. And I've been a firefighter ever since. It's been 16 years now. It's funny. You were talking about the path you took. You said journalism and Ed, our producer, kind of smirked. I could hear him laugh a little bit. Uh, it seems like a lot of folks who go into public safety have that desire to tell a story, whether or not they want to become a public information officer. They just have the ability, the gift to gab. They're always, it seems, they're usually the person at the story who's at the party who's telling a great story and people are surrounding them. Have you always found that, that narrating and telling a story and just being that guy, has that always come easy for you? Because you make it look easy on the news. Well, thanks. It's very kind of you to say. It's It's been a cultivated skill. Uh, probably the person I have to thank the most is my older brother, who is also in public safety. He's a lieutenant with the uh, Maricopa County Sheriff's Office. And he showed me that by being, I don't want to say verbose, but uh, articulate and telling stories and engaging with people is like a really good way to 
build relationships and uh, kind of further yourself, like to to meet people and do things. And so I've always like endeavored to be better at that and try. So that. I just want to thank you for using verbose, articulate, and endeavored <laughs> all in there to reinforce why you should be a public information officer. Oh, jeez, hey, Lieutenant Brightsman, you and I have worked together on and off during the years, and one of the things that I see, particularly in your role now, is you you are tasked with telling a story or providing information. Uh, but you have to walk the balance between uh, showing the personal side and being professional. Have you found that to be a delicate balance? Because you actually, uh, you actually seem very strong in that arena, the storytelling arena, and you have a great knack for saying, "Okay, we 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 don't want to uh, speculate on this, but we do need people to know this." How do you find that balance? Well, I think you kind of have to balance um, providing the right information that people really would like to hear and also kind of understanding that we have obviously an ethical, uh, you know, reason to, to provide the truth. So it's kind of balancing the information and getting it out on, you know, in a timely manner. And so you've had the extra burden of you have uh, a very heavy background in investigation. So I would imagine as you're putting out information, you always have to think of, how can this come back later to bite us? We can't put this out yet investigatively uh, because it could create some challenges. Do you find that to be kind of difficult to navigate? Sure. Sometimes it is. But the other side of that is we, we always like to put information out because the public can help us. Um, and they help giving us tips, just like you're from Silent Witness. So you know how valuable that is for the public to help us. So, Kenny, you have, uh, a diff- uh, you have a, another angle that we probably don't, which is you have to balance information sharing with I don't want to say HIPAA, but medical conditions, whether or not you can release those. How in the world do you do you balance that? Well, I think we do a really good job of keeping the customer first in mind and protecting their privacy and, and really protecting their dignity. And so when we tell a story um, about something that our members have done or that the fire department's done, we're very conscious of the person that, that also is involved in that story that maybe didn't have the best time of that. As you both know, when people call 911, they're calling it because they're having a very difficult time. So we really think about that in any missives that we put out or anything that we talk about. One of the reasons that I appreciate the balance between, and you can insert any police in any fire department, seemingly something will happen and it may cross the lines. It may start as a vehicle collision where ultimately now somebody has gotten arrested. So you may have injuries sustained from the collision, which you have to navigate on the fire side. And now you have a criminal charge that could come. How valuable are the public safety partnerships and what you do? They're so valuable. Um, We're so fortunate to work with um, the people of the Phoenix Police Department. And we talk nonstop, whether it's via text or a phone call. We make sure that we are accurately representing each other, making sure that we're also staying in our lanes and talking about the things that we're comfortable with. And so as a firefighter, I'll talk about the fire aspect and I will reach out to like, say one of your uh, PIOs and they'll talk about the police aspect. And that keeps a really cohere, uh, message, a coherent message for us to get out. So Lieutenant Breitzman and I were talking before we started this interview and I said, I really want to figure out like the why. So you talked about going into school for journalism. So if we could just backtrack a little bit, you talk about professionalism and being articulate and partnerships, but that's not the role that you originally signed up for, maybe, maybe professionalism. What was it that drew you to that journalism, uh, uh, that whole career? Because you mentioned some of your folks still work, some of your friends still work in the media. What was the allure to you to do that? To do journalism? Yeah, broadcasting journalism, all that, yeah. I, I really wanted to get the truth out and tell stories to people. Um, I saw things that 
you know, I think everybody has an interesting perspective in the way they see things, and I wanted to tell people about the way that I was seeing things. Uh, specifically, I really wanted to be like a sports journalist. I wanted to talk about sports because I enjoyed playing sports. Well, I kind of realized that I wasn't really that good about playing sports, and there's people that told a lot better sports stories than me, so I, I chose to listen to those stories and uh, be, instead became an industrial athlete and put on a helmet and ran into fires. <laughs> so do you feel like you di- – did you get a chance to learn enough about – the whole journalism career or the broadcasting career to appreciate the work that goes behind the scenes. And then you thought, okay, this is, this is maybe not where I want to stand, spend my, my career. Or are you now in a position where you're like, I got the best of both worlds. I feel like I absolutely have the best of both worlds. I can understand and appreciate a lot of what journalists do and other public information officers. And I can help them get out better stories by funneling them the things that they need to tell those stories and produce that content. So I I feel like I've really landed in a sweet spot that's uh, beneficial for everybody. What's the part that you enjoy most? What's the part that you find most difficult? And and I'm not trying to discourage anyone who's looking to become a public information officer. What is the balance? What's the, the challenge that you face daily? I The thing I like most are stories that benefit the community and really highlight the community members. That could be people that live in the community or members of our own fire department or police department. I, I love telling about the good that our people do in public safety. I think the most challenging aspect is the, the um, pressure to get out timely, accurate information. And I, I think the timely part of that is the hardest part because go ahead. and it and it changes too right so yes. as you're putting it out it's continuing to evolve so how do you deal with that um we do the very best we can to get the most pertinent information and make sure that it's accurate before we put it out so we might not be as fast as some other news sources like the the man on the street with twitter uh, but we are accurate and i think that's the greatest service we can do to our members and the community because the community deserves to know what we're doing so my lieutenant's in the room told me recently that she was going to take some time off. And then I get notifications when she's approved a leave slip or has taken action on something. So she didn't. It's a danger, and, and, and I use air quotes on danger. It's a hazard of what you and I do and certainly what she does. Do you find that you always have to be engaged? Even when you're home, you're still scrolling to make sure you didn't miss anything, even though you're not, quote, unquote, working? 100%. Always on the clock, always available. My phone um, is always on and never stops ringing. And I I knew that getting into this position, and uh, I I enjoy it. I I guess that's the best way to put it. I'm I'm a news nerd. I really like doing it, so... Every time I reach out to her and it's off hours, I start by saying, I'm sorry to bother you when you're with your family, but, and I, and I say that and I really do mean it, but family time is absolutely critical. So LT, other than when I call you, you've got a a job where the information can come in 24 seven. How do you balance family work, not have your family mad at you, but still feel like you're, you're capturing all the information, which can change at a moment's notice? Well, I think sometimes you do it much better than other times, certainly. And I think last night when you called, I quoted you, didn't I? I answered the phone and gave that quote to you, didn't I? I I don't recall that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did. Um, But it's a challenge, certainly, every day because we've got priorities and work and family and and all of it. So it's just a work in progress, I think. And I think all three of us are guilty of telling people, hey, if you're going to err, err on the side of family, yet 
if I were to email Kenny at two in the morning, I would imagine probably six a.m. I probably get a response. So, yep. <laughs> how, how does your family react to that? Do they ever get mad at you? Like you know, put the phone down. You're not working. You must hear that. I do, and I try to preface it when I am working on the phone because sometimes my daughter will be tugging on my shirt, going, "Daddy, Daddy, your, your face is in your phone." I say, "Honey, it's, it's a work email. Get it done." I'll be right back out on the scooters. Um, but yeah, it, it is a challenge, and we just navigate it as best we can. I was driving with my daughter one day. I wish I was making this up. Uh, and this had just happened to a coworker as well. And I said, do you mind if I take this call? It's a work call. She says, you're not at work. And I said, I know, but it's somebody calling from work. I answered the phone, and no lie, she started singing Cats in the Cradle. Do you remember that song? <laughs> when you coming home, Dad, I yeah. don't know what. Um, so balance is absolutely critical, and yet I'm the biggest hypocrite when I say that because if you email at off hours, I try to respond quickly. What would you say to somebody who's looking at either a career in journalism or the fire department? What advice would you offer them? I would tell them that your your family time, your personal time is very critical. At the same time, I think we look for and we um, people that want to do a good job and, and work all the time gravitate to these professions. So I would say they're going to have to strike their own balance, uh, but to know that ultimately every night you want to go home to your family, so you want to be available for them. So what would you say if we had to ambush you with this question? Your legacy when you leave the Phoenix Fire Department, even if you go do something else, what do you want to be best remembered for? Uh, I can already tell you that's easy. Um, I helped design the Phoenix Fire Department baseball hat, and that is going to be uh, existing far after I am gone off this job. Is that the one you're wearing? Uh, oh, is it? No, no, no. It, it's a blue <laughs> one. It's got a little guy swinging a, in a bat. You'll see it out there. It's pretty great. Is it just coming out? Oh, no. It's been out for a while. You, oh, okay. You see a little fire hydrant swinging a bat. That's the baseball hat. Good. We look forward to the three for Ed, Lieutenant Breitzman, and I. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for what you do. Thanks for your partnership. And Kenny, I got to tell you, honestly, uh, thank you that, and I tell Lieutenant this all the time, we, we have to find a better way to let people know that work can actually be fun. And I've never seen you other than on critical scenes where you weren't having fun doing what you're doing. And that, that's contagious because it lets everyone who works around you know, okay, it's going to be okay. We're going to do a great job, but we're still going to have fun doing it. And, and I think Lieutenant and I, I think we have made people mad at times because we're laughing as we do stuff. So thank you that you model what it's like to be happy at what you do. Th- thank you very much. It's very kind of you to say. Uh, thanks for being here today. And thank you to Bonobo for this time. Thank you, as always, to Ed, our producer. Thank you to you, the listening audience. If you want to learn more about the Silent Witness program, please check out silentwitness.org. Or you can call 480-WITNESS, submit information about any felony crime, and you could get cash. Until next week, stay safe. You've been listening to 50 Info on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. For more about Silent Witness, go to silentwitness.org. That's silentwitness.org. Or call 480-WITNESS. That's 480-948-6377.